on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Hello and good morning from the State Street Studios. It's ESPN 1000. Mark Zander, Brian Hanley, here for a couple hours to talk baseball and whatever else comes to mind. Fourth of July. Brian, how are you today, buddy? I uh, woke up feeling like Dylan Cease. Um, man, you had you know, four strikeouts? Well, you know what? He found a way, right? I, it's um, Yeah, it wasn't as pretty as the last start where he had, what, 13? Shaky yeah. but effective? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll take that. I think is uh, hey, not as shaky as Jock Peterson. Oh boy, um, I think Dylan's strikeout rate uh, for nine innings is around thirteen. But you know, the first inning, you're like, ooh, what? That's not Dylan Cease. And um, just like the night before, he settled down, found a way, and, and pitcher it, of pitcher of the month. He's yes, yeah, the month. for the, for the month of June. You're right. He found a way, and he. That is what he wasn't able to do last year when the when when the train came off the rails. He couldn't get it back on. They had to pull him. That is the sign of a pitcher maturing. It's happened to Kopech this year, too, where he's had a rough start or a rough inning or whatever, and he's come back and locked it down. So we're seeing that. That is very, very positive. And it's also nice to see another team playing the Sox, having a little challenging day with the defense. Yeah. Uh, the Giants- Somebody other than us. Yeah, the Giants are uh, very socks-like. They've lost eight of their last 12, and they're kicking the ball around the field. And uh, I hate that you said that, but you're right. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, hate it, though. You know, it's, it's when, you, when you catch a team that's having issues like that, you have to take advantage. And, and, and for the you sweep absolutely, today, right? absolutely yeah. do. And we are going for the sweep today in San Francisco. Uh, I have never been to San Francisco. I lived in Southern California, but I never wait, wait, made it up. I was I was down south. Yeah, you, ridiculous. You lived in the state. Here, here's never... the thing. Yes, yes. I it is totally ridiculous. I have a list of things that I did not do because I thought I would be there longer. You know, you're just yeah. You, look, when you move to a new place, yeah. uh, it's happened to me where it's like you settle in. It's like, oh yeah, you know what? I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I'll go to Dodger Stadium. I'll do this. Did you go I, to Dodger Stadium? No. What? No. I you know. Do- you didn't have a Dodger dog. You didn't leave in the seventh I know. Inning to be I, I, I did not get stuck in that horrible traffic to uh, oh, Chavez, uh, Chavez Ravine. No, I didn't. Where did you I, live look? I did a lot of stuff. There's a lot of you- stuff to do in California, but I did not do those things. Did you take the tour of the Stars' homes? No, uh, that no, that no. <laughs> I, that, now that's something I'm not going to do. Lucille Ball lived here a hundred years ago. Okay. Yeah, it's along. like thank you. Yeah, let's uh, move on. Where did you live in Southern California that you were being held hostage and you couldn't leave uh, the city limits? <laughs> well, well, you know, to be fair, I was running a couple of radio stations. When that happens, you uh-huh. you tend to be busy and such. But uh-huh. I made a, I put a lot of time in at Zuma Beach in Malibu. Okay. Yeah. So I wow. did. I I did stuff Malibu. like that. Yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah. 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 They drove through uh, down the 101 through the uh, Las Virgenes Pass and out the other side of Malibu and hung out there. And where was uh, Jim Rockford's um, um, home, mobile home, in, in Rockford Files? Was that Malibu? Where, where was? I think so. Boy, Did that's they been a long that there? time. I I, I think yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, but yes, I did not go to San Francisco. So when I learned yesterday, or maybe it was the day before in the broadcast, that there, it was like 57 or, or something really chilly yeah. and foggy, which I knew, but I did not know that their summer really came in uh, September and October. Yeah. Um, which was mentioned. And I thought, wait a minute. I didn't know that. That's really oh, I, I strange. Covered- 
I covered. Oh, I'm the, sure uh, you've been there tons of times. Oh, tons of times. I covered uh, the AL championship series between Oakland and um, Toronto way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's obviously October. And you talk about a stretch of just perfect weather. And they put the uh, overflow media in the upper deck, which wasn't covered. And, I mean, I'm sitting there. I mean, just a beautiful summer's day or October fall day, but like a summer day, like you said. And I'm thinking, man, it doesn't get any better than this for a job, right? I mean, at day games in the sunshine, beautiful weather, but yeah, it, right. it, it comes in the fall there. Right, and yeah. we have decent Octobers here too, but again, there's summer, the fog clears out and all that, and in Southern California, it's May, gray, and June, gloom, and then July and August, things really start heating up on the beaches and into September. I actually lived in the high desert uh, just north of uh, San Fernando Valley where, well, desert is the operative word. Wow. Yeah, we got up to about 110 or so. So that's like a five-hour drive from L.A. to to San Francisco, maybe, what, three and a half, four from Malibu? Um, Yeah, yeah, and uh, up north. It it was about a four-hour drive. Just never made it. It was one of those things I took it for granted. I just, take, if you ever do it, take that Pacific Coast Highway. Oh, from, yeah, yeah. Now I've done PCH down by San Diego and Del Mar and all that. No, yes. I meant take it up from L.A. to oh, San Francisco. up north, yeah. Yeah, and stop. I mean, it, it's it's just it's an unbelievable, unbelievable yes, drive. Yes, right, right. But, yeah, but yeah that, that aside, um, the Sox have been to San Francisco and are enjoying their stay. So. <laughs> they are. They are. And, and uh, you know, we it was anybody's guess what version of the Sox we were going to see going to San Francisco. But this has been a uh, pleasant, a pleasant time. We have worked through some issues and come out the other side. Uh, you know, whether the Giants want to beat themselves or let us beat them, that's fine. We'll take it. It's good momentum moving into the Twins, which obviously has something to do with our Twitter poll today, Brian. Yeah, and um, uh, because we have this season-defining um, stretch uh, coming up, 15 games, 14 days, split up by the All-Star game. Yep. Um, all division opponents, and you said you start with the Twins. The, the Yes, the division opponents we need to really uh, Yeah, know, and, and so our Twitter polls, uh, where do you believe the Sox will be in the standings after this season-defining stretch because you have chance to make hay or stay in spot. Anyway, your choice is first, second, third, or fourth slash fifth. And they are third right now. Currently third, mm-hmm. currently five and a half back of Minnesota, two and a half back of Cleveland. And uh, they have to win the division. It would appear to, to be a playoff team because they're four back in the wild card with uh, more teams in front of them than that. Yep. But, um, you're going Tuesday, Wednesday. Is that correct? That's right. So night game, day game, right? Yes, night game, sleep day in game. In your car in the parking lot. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, my son, uh, my son has a place here in uh, on the north side, so I'm gonna just hang with him for the night. Great. All right. Yeah. Well, so we will we will try to break down, you know, what what the twins look like before we get out of here at noon. Yeah. How Cleveland's doing it. The oddest thing, the 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 Guardiac kids. I see that's what they're calling them. Okay. Does that work for you? Uh, not really, but go on. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not. That's what they're calling them in Cleveland. Oddest thing, their run differential zero. They've scored 329 runs. They've allowed 329 runs. <laughs> uh, and we know the White Sox are, you know, they've they've trimmed it. They were, you know, minus 50 plus. Right now they're minus 45. But I don't know how Cleveland's doing it. But uh, we can go over scouting report on on how they have managed to, to stay relevant here and how Minnesota is actually 
gotten to the point where they're leading the division by a pretty healthy three games over Cleveland. Now, it was the Guardians that lost their pitching coach, right? Uh, I believe so. Was it the Guardians or the Twins? I I think it was the Guardians. Charlie, uh, if you can, I think it was the Guardians. I was hoping it was the Twins. Either way, that screws things up. He was the guy that went down, I I think he went to LSU. He just said, uh, I'm out. Peace. I'm going to be a baseball coach on the... uh, It was uh, Wes Johnson. He was the Twins coach. Twins! Twins. Uh, That's even better. I thought I I heard it was the Guardians yesterday. I was confused. That's even better. Don't you think that that kind of throws a little wrench in the wheel? So he's in a he's team going dynamic, to, Brian. Can we going, use that? He's going down to manage the LSU baseball team. Uh, either manage or be a pitching it coach. It says somewhere. he's the pitching coach. Yeah, he left the major leagues to, yes, go, yes, to be a pitching yes, coach. Yeah, this happened. In Baton Rouge. This happened like last week, or, or, or I want to say maybe early in the week. Okay, I mean, I know they're paying Brian Kelly ten million plus to to run the football team. Why would you leave a major league? It doesn't look. It does not make sense on the surface. There must be something to it that uh, we'll never know. Did he know he was we'll getting axed? Know. I mean, did he jump before he was pushed? I don't, I don't. I don't know. All I know is that uh, the surprise that you're showing, that I feel, many people that I've heard talk about are like, what? But for me, I'm looking deeper as a White Sox fan and say, hey, this has got to upset the apple cart just a little bit for Minnesota. I would think. Yeah, now, I'm not okay. sure how it's going to uh, affect their offense, but just the team dynamic. It's not really. exactly Carlos Correa going down with the No, NBA no, it's not. But certainly, but certainly it does, you know, it's just weird. shake th- It's weird and may shake things up a little bit inside uh-huh. the clubhouse. It's just strange. And look, we need everything we can get, yeah, you, including I mean, our own offense. But you know what? That's the. Hey. Hey! 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 Bur- Too soon? Bur- Bur- no, they're no. actually being. It's actually looked better. We buried the lead. Yohan Mankata showed up yesterday. Yes, he did, and uh, not happened. not a moment too soon. Yeah. If hey, look, you know what? If he keeps showing up, he has to. He has to. I'm, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm happy with it. We, we talked about it yesterday. It absolutely has to happen. You got to keep showing. trying him out there, and he's got to start going two for three on a regular basis. That yep. would help. Yep, it would. 312-332-3776. Talking about Twitter polls, we just gave you one there. Who will the Sox stand, or where will the Sox stand after their upcoming stretch of 15 games versus division opponents? Also at ESPN 1000 on Twitter, what is your favorite 4th of July barbecue food? What's on the grill for you this week? I am not working the grill, so I will have to answer this next week. I'm going to a party, and we'll see what they put on the grill. I'm what, open what, for whatever. What What is your What's your favorite? I mean, I, I'm in a little bit of a uh, it's a, a little barbecue rut. I mean, I, I, I need I need someone to call in and give me like uh, a good simple grill. I mean, we all do burgers, right? Hot dogs, whatever. And it's um, pretty easy. You, you want something a little more elaborate, a little yeah, uh, I mean, I, more I, interesting? Uh, ribs, uh, spare ribs intimidate me. You know, the parboiling and how do you, you know, do you get the St. Louis ribs or the baby back ribs and it's an all day uh, process. Yeah. Or, uh, smoking a pork shoulder. Um, you know, and you got to take that. You got to take that strip of uh, fat off yeah, the back. Yeah, yeah. You're like a no. I, I've done it. I haven't done it recently, but I've done it successfully a few yeah, times. I'm, and we need some. I mean, there are grill masters out there, guys. Who, oh, you, you know, know live, what? Live for these weekends. Pork. So they, uh, a nice help. pork loin. Yeah. That yeah. that is something that uh, does await. Does yeah. await me at home. Yes, it so, does. So you know what? Yeah, I've seen people take tenderloin if you can afford it these days. 
and like put a a coffee rub on it and coffee like, rub i've never heard yeah, of that really. yeah I'm, and so I'm sure someone out there i've never done it but i've had it and it was outstanding yeah um and i don't even drink coffee but i was like watching a buddy of mine put this coffee rub on i'm like what wait the hell are you wait doing you were a sports drink? writer for all those years and you never drank coffee never never had a cup of coffee in my life really Smelling salts? Did you carry those around with you? No, no. And, and I wasn't doing five-hour energy drinks like some of the guys I worked with. Well, this is my water. point. This is my point. Wow, that's amazing. And I did morning radio for, you know. Yes, uh, all of that, all of that considered, I don't yeah. understand that. Well, I, the How about Jolt Cola? Remember that? Did you do oh, that? <laughs> did not do Jolt Cola. I actually did. I was working overnights 30 years ago, and I actually wow. did a That's few nights. Well, no, 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 no. Let, let me point this out. I actually tried it. I said, oh, this works. After a few nights, it's like, oh. I cannot keep doing this. I no. am just, my you eyes are popping out of my head. So that was a stroke. habit I ended real quick. Seriously, if you drink enough of that stuff. I don't know if they even still sell that, do they? I, I, I hope not. <laughs> well, I haven't seen it. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Uh you know what? Actually actually Jim from Chicago Heights just jumped on. I think he wants yeah. to give us a, a what up on uh, what to put on the grill. Good morning, Jim. You're on ESPN one thousand. How you guys doing? Good. Uh I boil ribs I the night before the night in before beer. Okay. okay. And then I put them on the grill, it only takes about at the most a half an hour. Do you take that uh, fat strip off the back? Yes. Okay. What kind of ribs? And, uh, are, I, I ribs go for the baby back because at the very uh, end of the short part of the rib, there's a lot of meat there. Yeah, and that's what that's my that, favorite that's part. What makes it. The that burn is, ends. Yeah, yeah, the burn what, ends. That's my favorite kind of part. Beer, of baby what back. kind of beer are we using? A, a heavy stout or a lager? What we? Uh... No, you know, my dad used to deliver Ham's beer. Oh yeah, God in, bless him. In Budweiser, but I, I found a place to get Ham's beer, so I usually do it in that. I hate to waste the beer, but hey. If it's ribs, you got. Well, that's not it. wasting it. That's using it creatively. There's no waste there. Ham's is the beer refreshing. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, my uncle used to sit in his lazy boy chair in his apartment. He'd go when no, no matter when everyone over there, he's watching the Cubs, and he had a Ham's opened up right next to him. But I just saw in the Tribune uh, someone did a a top ten inexpensive beer list, and Ham's was prominently featured as one of the top. 10 best beers you can get on the cheap and 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 they sang its praises still refreshing all over the north side i just had me one over at avondale tap within the last few weeks yeah so i I ended up buying a case of beer uh ham's beer and it lasts maybe a a week or so when i have my son over and his girlfriend and my other son and his wife and it's all good so so wait so is it uh, is it uh, you just pour a uh, multiple cans of beer no water and boil that or uh, it tell- no water no water just pour the beer in there and cover the ribs and then boil them for about three hours at about 350 uh-huh and you, then you take them out let them cool I put them in a the refrigerator so they solid up yeah you know, they get hard and then you put them on the grill and it's it's perfect. Excellent, Jim. Thank you for that idea. That's that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Anybody yeah. else wants I'm to now. chime in? Is what our Twitter poll is. You know, uh, your favorite uh, holiday barbecue food? Yeah, uh, burgers, burgers, brats, sausages. That's you know, same thing. Hot dogs or other? No, no, no. Brats, Italian sausage, Polish sausage. I mean, there was a stretch there for years. I used to go to this hot dog stand. You know, every neighborhood has one, but this was George's on Damon. And there was a stretch about three years where 
at least once a week, I went and got the Polish sausage. And, um, you know, and then I would find my way to Bari, uh, you know, Anthony Rizzo's place in Westtown um, on Grand Bari, the Italian sausage. I'm sure, you know, you can find places all around. But, you know, brats, Italian, Polish, there are differences. I, there know, are I, differences. And I uh, my brother lives up in Racine and mm-hmm. uh, Clems, I think it is the brats from Milwaukee. Just had some. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, yeah. The, the, the best brats are a little north. Italian sausage, I'm up for any day of the week. Sure. Polish sausage, too. 312-332-3776. We've got to take a break here. We'll come back. We've got plenty of audio. We'll uh, hear from Gavin Sheets after the game uh, yesterday. White Sox win one. They're going for the sweep today. And the Cubs, i got to tell you what I've been on my way into work today, what I saw on the streets of Chicago, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that when we come back here. On ESPN 1000 with Xander and Hanley. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. From the First Midwest Bank studio on State Street, it's ESPN 1000, Xander and Hanley. Sunday morning, on my way in, Brian, I'm driving through River North, and I see all these sad faces. They're wearing Red Sox gear. They just don't look like they're having fun in Chicago. How can we show them a better time? Or wait a minute, do we care if we show them a better time? I don't think so. They have lost two in a row to the Cubs, and so it's it's been fun here. On the north side. Cubs have won four in a row now, which, uh, you know, I, I didn't know they had that in them. Um, and they're doing it with a patchwork uh, rotation. And, and yesterday, Alec Mill comes comes in and comes out in like 45 seconds because his back tightened up on him. And um, Mark Leiter Jr. was just sitting down in his chair in the bullpen. The phone's ringing. He's was he drinking come a in. beer? Hams, um, yeah, hams, of course. Yeah, um, cheapest. But yeah, it's uh, I, it's forty thousand plus out there yesterday, and a lot of Red Sox fans, like you said, wearing the Red Sox caps. Um, and then Josh Wachowski had the nerve, the gall. I say, he doesn't believe it's different here. Did you see this? He dissed Wrigley Field. And I, I did Cap, see that. Did. Cap had something to say to him too. Cap uh, joined the Twitter brigade that defended the honor of Wrigley Field and saying, "Take your L." Josh, at Josh Wachowski and uh, and you know take that hashtag. What well, yeah. you know? I didn't see what he say. What what was the basic gist of his rip against Wrigley? Okay, so uh, he he's a young a youngster, right? He came over to Boston in the uh, three team uh, Andrew Bianatendi trade, and so um, he's twenty four years old. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, asked about his first experience at Wrigley. He started on Friday and pitched pretty well. Um, thank you very much. Quote, a little a little underwhelming. Fenway has a presence to it. I really didn't get that here, to be honest. I said to my mom last night, this place is very stock standard, which is, I've never heard phraseology like that. Yeah. But it's just another ballpark to him. And, ooh, ooh, Cub fans, angry. What angry. a dumb thing to say. Now, I haven't been to Fenway. It's on my list, but I know when I well, get there. Well, you've got there, a long list. Yeah. I, Did I, you ever I, live in Massachusetts and not go to Fenway? No. <laughs> no, I did not. I did that. That is a good excuse not to have been to Fenway because I don't. I've not been near there. But I know once I get there, there will be things that are like, eh, you know, because why? It's an old ballpark. 
Oh. Things have moved on. So so those things, which are charming, are also can be, you know, whatever. But if you're walking into Wrigley Field as an opposing pitcher and you're saying something like that on social media, you just want attention or you're just really stupid. Well, yeah, and he, you know, he was asked a question and he just gave you an honest answer. And look, the first time Stock I looked standard. at standard. Yeah, that's I, I, have you ever heard? I mean, and I, I know that. It's obviously that he's just saying there's nothing, right? You know, nothing yeah. special about it. But stock standard, take your, he basically take your ivy and shove it. I think he said. But um, you know, the first time I went to Fenway when I was covering the White Sox, you go to the underbelly uh, and go into the clubhouses and like Wrigley at the time. I mean, that walk from the visitors' dugout to the upstairs clubhouse was the size of a walk-in closet for the at Wrigley. The, I mean, you couldn't change your mind in there. Uh, it, was, it, it was tight, but there was leaks. Even when it wasn't raining, there was always a puddle between the the visiting clubhouse or, or, uh, at Wrigley and the visiting dugout. You know, you're sidestepping puddles, <laughs> and it was just and that that walk. You know, the fans could stay underneath the stairs up to the the clubhouse if you're down on the concourse and yell at the opposing players, right? Yeah. But Fenway was the same thing. It was a dump underneath, right on TV. It looked beautiful, and there's the green monster and sunshine, bathed bleachers and everything else. But when the first time I went underneath there to go to the Sox clubhouse, I'm like, ooh, you know, I think I just saw a rat Um, and and not the weightlifting rats, like Ozzy said about Wrigley. But I do believe they've cleaned that up, just like the Cubs have renovated, uh, you know, the clubhouses and and all the underpinnings of Wrigley. But to to walk into Wrigley and just say, yeah, it's just a I mean, maybe I don't buy into it. It's it's different here, Um, you know, ad campaign because your team's not very good. But, you, I mean, you have people walk into Wrigley and they're like, God, I could play here. I'd love to come here every day. Right? Well, I mean, I, and you're right. On top, it's it's absolutely beautiful. But buildings that old have their challenges. Right. And I remember a story when they when they ripped down the uh, left field uh, bleachers. Yeah, yeah, you know, and they redid all the outfield and, and, and that several years ago. I remember read, uh, heard it from somewhere, can't remember, read it somewhere, wh- wherever, that when they dug all that up, you know, rats live underground. Oh yeah, and they release so many rats into the, In the neighborhood. neighborhood. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, like thank, it's thank like why? Because it's an old building. Fenway's has its challenges too. So for him to say eh, it's nothing special, stock standard, Fenway's so much better. Eh, whatever. I got a question for Hanley. What's the most decrepit ballpark slash locker room situation you've ever been in in your time as a reporter? Uh, I would say the old municipal stadium. Oh. A tie. Municipal Stadium in Cleveland, that was a dump. The Astrodome, it was like going into, you know, it was one of the seven wonders of the world or whatever at that time. It was like going into a crypt, a day game. You'd go in there, and it was like you were in a mausoleum. Like if you were dead and you rose from the dead and walked out into the Texas sunlight after six hours, it was. And they did have, like, cats running around chasing uh, rodents. Sure they did, yep. Yeah, it, it, but it, it wasn't really wondrous to me. It wasn't, you know, at the time when they built it, it, it was all that. It was it was much better on TV. Yeah. Um, a lot of these places are. But, but yeah, the, the remember at Wrigley, they had the um, the netting to catch the falling concrete, so it wouldn't land up people's yes, heads yes. as they were watching the Cub games. Yes, yes, yeah. The hazards of going to, as you said before, sometimes you go to a game, you don't know what you're going to see or feel. Concrete hitting your head from a, from <laughs> above. Wearing, that, that's wearing, unexpected. 
You're wearing the construction helmets, the beach. beach hey, as uh, long as they have helmet. a Cubs logo yeah. on them, I think that's a brilliant giveaway. Oh, boy. Yeah, not a giveaway. They probably sell them for 100 bucks. Right. 312-332-3776. So we had a victory yesterday. We have a lot of audio here. Uh, let's see. Um, what do you want to play here? There's so much, Brian. What What would you like to well, hear first of from uh, the Cubs yesterday? Well, the Cubs, uh, I, you know, the interesting that the, the Mark Leiter, who – Came in and did what five and a third on on literally a, a minute's notice, and uh, the Cubs end up winning that game and um, ends up being a bullpen day, right? Unscheduled because uh, unfortunately it looks like Alec, Alec Mills is going to be out again. His uh, injury plagued season is going to continue. But yeah, let's listen to uh, to the Cub uh, pitchers who got it done. It's definitely kind of a tough spot, like because um, it happened so fast. Like the phone's ringing is. As soon as they even are going out to the field, um, so they gave us like as much time, much of a heads up, like who it might be, and then uh, you get a chance. You know, you get about a forty-five seconds to move around. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's definitely a quick call. And, and here's uh, Mills on on lighter coming in and spelling relief for him after his back tightened up. Did what we had to do. What he did was special i mean obviously not only to pick me up but pick up the bullpen and then obviously we won so that's you know three pluses in one uh, i thought he looked awesome uh went out there was it five and a third maybe not too many pitches so you know got through a really good lineup very efficient yeah the, not something you expect to see on the north side but i'll tell you something it gives uh, cubs fans some hope even in the uh, short term that uh you know there's something to enjoy yeah, um, and, and before we get out of here at noon, a uh, couple things. After the break, I really want to you know dive into uh, the scouting report on Minnesota and Cleveland in particular. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. That that, that and, is definitely. And, something and, and, and I, I want to you know if you look at the the great Sox starting rotation, which has really been pretty good, right? Um, Giolito pitched today. Uh, better yeah. outing last time. Not yeah, so much he, before then, but hopefully he's working his way back slowly. To the Lucas, we yeah, know. he might right now. He might be my if I'm putting together an all city starting rotation. I might have Keegan Thompson in where Giolito might have been a month or so ago. But those five uh, starts before the last one, mm-hmm. I mean, eh, not even average, not not so good. So right. I might sell you on, on at least one Cubs starter who I think has earned all city uh, honors in, in terms of a starting rotation. Are uh, you still in the selling mode? We're not well, taking Nicky's two strikes back. I'm not. I'm not trading you, Keegan Thompson. If if we trade you Ian Happ, we do need pitching. I knew. I need someone. You know. I know you got a couple of 26, 27 year old prospects who are older prospects, but uh, if they're on the uh, cusp, I think I need one or one of at least one of those guys in the deal. You sure you don't want uh, Mancada no. and uh, Jimenez? Boy, no. Even no. even after yesterday, Mancada. No. 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 For Happ and, and Contreras. And well, I mean, Tom's... Oh, Rick and, and you know what? We'll throw him ground all. That's fine. <laughs> Tom, Rick is ain't paying that, uh, that two years left on the Mankata deal. He's not. He's just not going there. So. Oh, there's a way to soften that blow. 312 Sell those construction helmets at 100 bucks. <laughs> That's exactly right. 312-332-3776. We'll take a look at the Twins scouting report. We're going to see the Twins. We're going to see Detroit. We're going to see Cleveland. Broken up by the All-Star break, and this is a very important stretch for the White Sox. And uh, we'll set things up, and we'll set up today, too. Uh, Coming back with uh, Xander and Hanley here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago.
This is ESPN 1000. Yeah, especially against a guy like Webb. Um, just the way he can sink it and move it all over the place. Um, you got to kind of get behind it and drive it all over the field. And uh, I think that was the adjustment I made from the first at bat to the second was, you know, try to get the ball in the air and, and try to use the whole field in that situation. What did you do in Charlotte? I got my confidence back. Um, I think that was the biggest thing. It was it was kind of a, a mental reset. Um, you know, worked on some things, made some adjustments, but you know, getting your confidence back is is the number one key. How'd you get it back? Had some success, had some fun, and uh, you know, obviously, it, you know, just brought the fun back in baseball. Um, you know, not putting too much pressure on myself about results and and just enjoying the game again. And uh, you know, that was been the biggest thing, and, and coming back here and letting it translate and and having fun in what I'm doing. Go enjoy it. Uh, do everything San Francisco has to offer in 24 hours. <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. And hitting a line drive at Jock Peterson that should have uh, been caught and not caught and getting a double out of it certainly puts a smile on one's face, doesn't it? Yeah, the, uh, Gavin Sheets, uh, thanks to NBC Sports Chicago, Jason Benetti in the postgame interview, on-field interview with uh, Gavin. Yeah, who, Jason uh, and uh, Len. They they dropped uh, they dropped the S. It's a Gavin Sheet um, during the interview on on my TV screen, but he apparently didn't get the the, the plural. Um, but he did have two doubles, including a two run double, which uh, wiped out that uh, one zip deficit. So good day for Gavin Sheet, or do you say Sheets? And I, he, you heard him go enjoy uh, all the things San Francisco has to offer. You think he took a trolley ride or anything yesterday or? I, Golden Gate Bridge. What, what uh, look, uh, look. The Golden Gate Bridge. You don't have to. Uh, you can see it from afar. It's like okay, I've seen that. You didn't uh, leave your heart there, did you, uh, Tony yeah, I, Bennett? No, 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 no. I wasn't close enough to leave my heart there. <laughs> wow. Well, I'd have to. I'd have to send it there. Yeah, that's that's still amazing to me. You lived in the. States. I know. I know. Believe me, there's a handful of stuff I took for granted. I know, but I had a lot of fun in that state of California. Yeah. Well, I mean. If Spent a lot afford- of money in that state of California, I was gonna say, if you which everybody to- does. If you go to st- California, you you're spending be- a lot of money. I mean, if you could afford to live there, it would. You could do worse, right? But between the taxes and the and the mortgages, and- the, look, the state of California. I have said this to everybody. I've I, I love the state of California. I have a love hate relationship because the state of California does not want you there. It it wants to chew you up and spit you out. It wants to everything's so expensive. Yeah, there's the you know Two every hour commutes for the, the commutes, miles. the yeah. fires every fall. They it, d- didn't have to deal with any earthquakes. I was there for two and a half years. Oh. Maybe felt a little one, but all of these things. It's like the state of California is a living, breathing entity that does that draws you in like a Venus flytrap, and then just does not want you there and makes life rough for you. In all different ways, but it's beautiful, and I enjoy I mean, my but, time. But really, the, the the number of native Californians, they're in a minority, right? I mean, it's mostly transplants, right? Yes, you just, yes. Uh, and I, I was covering the Blackhawks uh, one time after the Northridge earthquake, and um, the yeah, aftershock. 94, that was terrible. It followed oh, 94, the aftershock yeah. woke me up in the middle of the night, and it felt like the room was moving for like five minutes, but it was like 30 seconds. And it was like a four- a four on the Richter scale. I mean, it was. Now, it was, did it was it shake? Did it shake or did it roll? Because some yeah, uh, and, wow. and, and knowing I still have friends in California that grew up there that they've lived through several where it rolls like you know if you take a carpet and you just yeah. kind of flick your wrist, it kind of ripples, you know, like yeah. a wave. The ground will do that, or it will just shake back and forth. 
Yeah, when when you're in a high floor of a hotel, it, it doesn't roller, matter. Roller it's scary. Shake. You're, yeah. you're like, it's, what it, yeah, is it is. It is definitely scary. And and again, how how I did not experience that in my two and a half to three years of living there is pretty much a miracle. But I live north of Northridge, so I would drive down to San Fernando and I go under that bridge that famously came Ooh, down. It's named yeah. after an officer who was riding on that bridge in the middle of the night uh, after the earthquake, and he didn't know that the bridge was, had, out. was out, and he tragically died. Many people lost their lives in that one. That was a, a yeah, tough one. Yeah, it was one. a horrific one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 312-332-3776. All right, Brian. You know, if you want to jump in and talk White Sox, we've got a couple polls up there. What What's on your grill? What's your favorite thing to throw on the grill on a holiday weekend such as this? We've got some choices up on uh, Twitter, or if you just want to call in and uh, give I'm us your suggestions. I'm hungry for ribs already, but maybe, you know, yeah, maybe you, know, you have a burger recipe that... Uh you know, right, or maybe something different to do with uh, Italian sausage or brats. Yeah. I mean, I, I uh, again, I'm a huge hot Italian sausage fan, so if there's a different way to do that, I'd love to hear about that. We also want to oh. know where do you think the uh, White Sox will finish uh, after this 15-game stretch against uh, division opponents. A very uh, The most important stretch of games this season. If you want to jump in at 312-332-3776. All right, Brian, you've got some details on the Twins scouting report. First of all, their their pitching coach quit. I still think that's going to matter somehow, hopefully. Okay. Um, yeah, I still want to know why. He must be from Baton Rouge. He must have gone home. Yeah, I don't care why he left. I know it's weird. <laughs> I know it's weird. But, well, yeah, you know, if it throws the team off, if, if, if something weird happened behind the scenes and it's a funky clubhouse, I'm, I'm all good with that. Yeah. Good um, for him leaving. Whatever. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you on the way up. Yeah, whatever. Um, all right. So MLB.com, Henry uh, Pelletella, uh, earlier in the week, he uh, wrote a story headlined, How Are These Contenders Getting It Done? Let's Dive In. Um, sadly, the Sox are not on the list. We, yeah. we don't, you know, because they've been mired in a little bit of difficulty, Lee Elia. Um, so yesterday we talked about the idea that it would help if they hit more home runs, uh, 61 home runs. In my world, not getting it done. Uh, third fewest in Major League Baseball. And mm-hmm. our, our, you know, one of our great callers, George, took exception to that. Um, so starting with the Yankees on the AL East, are they getting it done? Home runs, um, yep. averaging one point seven home in runs baseball. per game. Yeah, and and yesterday they were down one to nothing to Oakland, who actually has fewer home runs than the White Sox, and of course the Yankees end up winning that five to one. So th- there are different ways to win in baseball, right? So home runs make it easy. They all and- involve crossing that plate, that yes. fourth plate, right? I'm just and saying. So so we whether know it's a home run or a bunt. Whatever. Get them across. We know the Bronx Bombers are living up to the nickname. Mm -hmm. Okay. The Twins. Here's uh, Henry writes. How are the Twins getting it done? They on the strength of OPS plus. All right. So even though they've had injuries, the Twins have the third highest OPS plus in baseball. 100 being the average. They are 113. All while not having a player with more than 35 RBI. So you take the players on base plus slugging percentage and you, you know, you average it out with ballparks and, and all the different factors. Mm-hmm. So they're doing it by OPS plus and uh, Luis Arez leads baseball with a 347 batting average. 
And uh, your guy, Byron Buxton, has also been helping him out. Carlos Correa is starting to get high, uh, heat up a little bit. So they are in the 90th percentile or higher in both barrel rate and sprint speed. So they're not hitting the ball in the ballpark. They're just making contact, right? Right. And they're going for extra bases. So Minnesota hitters are averaging a barrel every 6.8 plate appearances, which is third best in baseball. So they don't only have 86 home runs. They don't hit a lot of home runs, but they're adept at keeping the line moving and making opponents pay for mistakes. So that's how they're. And when we first saw them, we made plenty of mistakes that they made us pay for. Absolutely. Yep. You you give them you open the door, they're going to come through it usually, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is the Cleveland thing is the one that I I can't um, make heads or tails out of because it's a weird look, stat. Yeah, I mean, again, 329 runs scored allowed 329 runs but they're calling the guardiac kids and henry writes uh, despite having the youngest roster in baseball the guardians have been able to stay in contention for the uh, central crown on the back of solid fundamental baseball and the the most impressive thing for them they have the lowest strikeout rate in baseball at 18.4 percent so they don't go up there and whiff, 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 and sit down and drag the bat back to the dugout. Right. That, that, I mean, and that's, about, and that's patience at the plate. I mean, you, you've got to, discipline. you can't do what, what the White Sox have done all too much and yep. swing the first pitch strike and, and uh, you know, you got to make the pitchers work. And that's the thing that bothered me about the White Sox is like, okay, if you see, if you see your pitch and you're swinging at it, if you don't get a hit, then that pitcher's staying in the game that much longer. Yeah. You I mean, have to wear out those pitchers. You think about the likely outcomes of, of an at-bat, and home run and strikeouts you know, usually were 1-2, right? I mean, mm-hmm. 18.4% strikeout rate. And, and Jose Ramirez leads Major League Baseball with only 7.5% strikeout rate. I know. He is the Byron Buxton of uh, right? Cleveland. Yeah. Pain um, in our arse. It's, it's amazing that, that they have five batters with a strikeout rate under 20%. And of their starters. And so they've got the majority of their lineup has got great plate discipline. So that's. uh, And if that doesn't show the White Sox, they have to grind it out. These are teams that grind it out. They have to match that willingness to just grind it out. Take those pitchers deep into counts. Seriously. Or just take them deep. Well, and then there's that. Then there's that. In the yeah. absence of taking them deep, yeah. take them deep into account and get to their bullpen. Absolutely. Yep. So, I mean, they're, they're playing really good, solid, fundamental baseball. And we've seen stretches of the White Sox doing that. And, not um, consistent, but, you yeah, know, a game enough. against Toronto here or whatever, you know, yeah. all of a sudden it's like they're spraying it everywhere. They're hitting to the opposite field. They're going with the pitch. They're just, they're just doing that grinding thing. And in absence of the home run ball, that's what has to happen on the south side. So, yeah, it's uh, if you're going to climb back into this thing over 15 games and 14 days against your division, um, you have to play, you have to clean it up and you have to make the most of your offense. And you have to, you can't have, you can't afford spells where you go six games without a home run or three games with an error. Or, I mean, you just have to, you have, and, you know, we know playing at home has not been something the Sox look forward to. They, they have a losing record at home. They're better on the road. Yeah, there's a few things that they can achieve here. Obviously, with, uh, with the wins, they can climb up in the division and get that, uh, that home record a little more in balance. Because if you're not winning at home, 
I don't know what shot you have in long-term success at all. 312-332-3776. If you want to jump in here on a Sunday morning, we're here until noon. And we're going to be talking uh, baseball, taking your phone calls. We've got some uh, other things to cover as well. Connor McKnight, pregame at 2.30 today. Lennon DJ on the call, first pitch. 3.05, it is uh, Giolito against John Brebia. And Brebia's got a 3-1 record, 2.7 ERA. Lucas, we know the ERA is a bit inflated. Hopefully he can start knocking that down with another start today. We'll be right back here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000, you can listen to us on the app. It's awesome. It's free in your app store. And 100.3 HD2. On the FM dial, Brian Hanley, Mark Zander, taking your calls at 312-332-3776. It's a nice long holiday weekend. The weather is beautiful. And I'm wearing a special shirt, Brian. Oh, man. What vintage is that? How old is that shirt? This is uh, this shirt is uh, was put out right after September 11th. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the shirt I'm wearing, if you're on Twitter, Xander Rocker, all one word, one R in the middle. I wear this every 4th of July. And for a while, I'm proud to say for a while, I wasn't able to fit into it, but I've lost quite a bit of weight over the past year. So it fits me very well, actually a little big on me now, which is nice. Terrific, yeah. This is a shirt that has the Loop logo on it. The radio station, 97.9 The Loop, which is uh, RIP. Gone for a few years now. Was a, one of the great ones. A, le- a legendary station. I was lucky enough to spend five years on the air there. And uh, after September 11th, they released a special run of shirts that is red, white, and blue. The logo is red, white, and blue. And on the back, it says R-O-C-K in the USA. And uh, I had this tucked away. I've got a big collection of shirts from my career. I had this tucked away. And last year, I thought, ah, I'm going to put this on. And... Uh, and uh, last year and wore it again this year. It's it's really kind of a special thing. I'm glad I saved it. I'm glad the mice did not get into the, uh, <laughs> the totes that I had them <laughs> stored into. I've lost a few things. But, um, yeah, this is, uh, this is really, really a cool shirt. And remembering a legendary radio station, again, being lucky to be part of. And, and a lot of uh, work uh, industry buddies and, um, you know, we're a part of this a very special radio station. So I thought I'd uh, wear it and I post it on Twitter. It's like two radio station logos in one shot. Wow. I mean, is that know, allowed? And, sure it is. It's and, okay. And also remembering not only the great uh, radio station, but remembering the feeling after that horrific uh, 9-11 event. Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. The, the unity of this nation and uh, the, the genuine United States of America where we could use all a lot more of that today because absolutely you know brian i'm glad you brought that up i mean that's that's that was the spirit behind what they did with this t-shirt and the different things that they released after that but i could tell you just like in 1980 when the olympic team won the medal against the russians it was like the same thing now it was a horrible thing obviously in uh 2011 however you're not wrong and uh that part of it is, um, dare I say, a bit of a fond memory when people came together. Not for the reason, obviously, no, but we could use a li- we could use a little more of that, and hopefully, we'll get back to that sooner than later. Yeah, Somehow. I mean, don't that the only time in my life where everyone, I mean, for weeks, months, 
everyone had this, this kind of spirit, you know. Yes. It's all of us against them. Yep, absolutely. It's not you versus me. It's all of us against them. Yeah, Yeah. and and God bless Uh, on this weekend, you know, remembering all that. But, uh, yeah, it's... um, it, it was it was strange times indeed, but um, boy, the loop! Uh, I, I, how many hours I listened to the loop back in the day, right? I mean, what a great station that was! Yeah, it was uh, it was a, a complete honor to work there, and I worked with some greats and got to know a lot of uh, great great people working at the loop. And um, I'm waiting yeah. for that book to come up. Is a, I, I know you've told us some of the stories, like when you're know, riding up uh, the elevator with Seika, wasn't that? Uh, yeah, yeah, Seika was in the elevator, and she yeah. was kind of giving me the eye. It's like, yeah. no, Seika. <laughs> I don't know. Seika, uh, Seika, 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 if you don't know, yeah, if you're yeah, Google, Google Seika. Seika. You know, at that point, don't I've got to say, though. I've got to say, it's like Seika. Yeah, you know, and I'll if you've got a movie that's about twenty years old, you know, what uh, I'll watch it. But no, <laughs> no, thank you, no, thank you. She she lived with Billy nice lady, Connors. nice lady she, though, nice lady. She lived she lived with pitching coach comes pitching coach Billy Connors. I know oh. you told me that. Yeah. yeah. God. Funny times. I'll tell you, uh, the stories up on the 37th floor of the Hancock, yeah. uh, the things that I saw in the elevators when all of those stations were up there, pretty amazing. Three get one, that book together. Yeah, I know. I know. I've, I've, I've got to get, uh, I've just got to organize all the memories. And they're fleeting. <laughs> i got to just carry a pen and paper around <laughs> with me. 312 so the White Sox are going to see the Twins starting tomorrow. I thought that they would have had a day off. But you know what? I, I'm glad that they don't. I think that they really need to get into this series with a head of steam. So there is not a day off. They're coming back after today's game. They're jumping on a plane and coming back here, and they'll have a night game against the Twins tomorrow night. You know, and I, I, I always found uh, doing those West Coast trips that I always thought the team – Without the day off, the quick turnaround, coming back, you know, four-hour flight, and and playing, it was they were the the, the adrenaline was still going, especially if you sweep today and you feel mm-hmm. good about it. Mm-hmm. The adrenaline was still going uh, pretty strong. The first game back home, it was day two where it started to catch up to you a little bit. The time change and everything else, right. you know, you, because they were out there for a week, so they the body clock adjusts to the West Coast time, couple-hour difference, and then. Tuesday, Tuesday's the day you're you're going to that game. Tuesday's yeah. the day they gotta have to kind of watch the motivation and where the energy level is, right? Well, and it, Tuesday is a night game, thankfully. Yeah. The right. uh, the the turnaround between night and day would be, go from Tuesday to Wednesday. Right. But I mean that that's the the second day home when you you have a full day to catch up on stuff and you know see the family and then you head to the ballpark. That's that's where that West Coast trip can come into play i I think they're they're okay tomorrow but look i mean tony it was the field of dreams game right started a a pretty we thought was going to be a defining stretch last year and tony said treat this as a playoff run right right he told the team in a meeting let's take advantage and and certainly the 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 field of dreams game had all the the kind of playoff atmosphere and national attention everything else and I think they went and played 500 in the next 12 games or whatever. 500's not going to cut it. So not this year. Nope. I, I don't think he's going to go not against these teams. No. Nope. Yeah, I don't know that he goes into the meeting tomorrow before the game and says, "Let's treat this as a playoff run." I hope the team is aware of how important this run is without actually being told, because it is going to be defining. And 
you know, you want to jump on 312-332-3776 and tell us, you know, what do you think this this 15 games in 14 days is going to look like? Are you going to be sitting in first place because you've uh, decided that you're the team that everyone thought you were going to be going into the season? Are you going to be standing in place or are you just going to, you know, move up to second and incrementally get better? Or, God forbid, could you slip to fourth? No, don't even say that. You know, also, if you want to jump in and tell us, who your pick-to-click is, you know, I know it's a little cliche, but who is going to really show up? Who, you know, Abreu, he he has showed up consistently, so, you know, he's good. But who needs to show up and stay there, really performing? Um, you know, I think there's some obvious answers, but maybe you have uh, something you can sell us on that isn't so obvious. 312-332-3776. Looking forward to that. Uh, the Cubs are, uh, they're in action again today. They're, uh, who, who's starting for them today? Let's see here. Not Marcus Stroman. No, he's, he's busy. He's, uh, busy rehabbing. And, um, but he had some thoughts about how close the Cubs are, uh, to actually getting into contending position. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's this season, but at least he's optimistic. We can yeah, hear from him. And, and we Keeping appreciate Thompson that. To that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there he is. See, oh, now Keith. there's my okay. guy. Yep. There, Keegan there's Thompson. There's, I would put him in, in, if we were combining the Sox and Cubs rotation and coming up with the best four or five to roll out there, Keegan Thompson's earned a spot, no doubt. I, I agree. I agree. Okay. We'll hear from Marcus Stroman when we get back. Take your calls at 312-332-3776. Talking baseball on ESPN 1000 with Xander and Hanley. We're back in two minutes.